Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, we are going to go ahead and run through the Week 5 Fantasy Football Waiver Wire. Overall, I would not necessarily consider this to be a, a banner week for the waiver wire. I think that, you know, we have the Austin Eckler injury, we have the Nick Chubb injury, and we are definitely going to focus on, you know, some of those running back replacements. But, you know, this isn't like a, we don't have a Mike Davis out there. We don't have a, you know, a James Conner from 2018, you know, really, uh, or even a James Robinson. You know, we just don't really have anything like that crazy or that intense. Um, and I guess something I'm kind of realizing about the way that I do my waiver wire column and the way that I do this podcast is it really is kind of more bent towards the leagues that I play in. So these are oftentimes going to be, you know, 20 man rosters, uh, you know, guys like Joshua Kelly, we're going in the 12th round and like that. Uh, I, I, I guess kind of what I'm getting at here is like, I, I don't mean to be uh, you know, elitist or rude or or anything. I, I want to make a product that is useful and helpful for everyone. So just before we get started here, Josh Kelly, Damian Harris, Chase Edwards, Malcolm Brown, uh, those those guys, if they are on your waiver wire, they are all way better pickups than uh, Dearness Johnson and Justin Jackson. You know, they are phenomenal pickups. Uh, the same would be true for stashed running backs, Alexander Madison, Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, Boston Scott, Philip Lindsay, you know, all of those guys would be very solid, uh, you know, cheaper pickups at wide receiver, guys like MVS, T. Higgins, uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault, McCole Hardman, Brandon Ayuk, all of those guys would be, you know, pretty fantastic pickups, and you should be looking to get them over, you know, some of the guys mentioned um, in here. And then at tight end, Dalton Schultz, Robert Tanyan. I mean, there actually probably is a good chance that Robert Tanyan is just out there on a lot of waiver wires. You know, uh, he right now on Yahoo is only 25% owned. So maybe I'm actually owning myself and maybe uh, maybe I just am stupid for not having a roster Tanyan in more leagues. But getting into the meat of the waiver wire this week, the first name we need to discuss is Justin Jackson, who played 40% of the Chargers snaps in their loss to the Buccaneers after Austin Eckler uh, was removed from that game. Josh Kelly has fumbled two weeks in a row. Justin Jackson was targeted twice and had six rushing attempts after Austin Eckler left that game. I actually would not be surprised if 
Justin Jackson, who is a four-time 1,000-yard rusher at Northwestern and has 32 targets on only 274 career offensive snaps. I actually would not be surprised to see Jackson get more touches than Josh Kelly over the time frame that Austin Eckler is out. And the reason why I feel that way is Jackson is kind of a better replacement for that Eckler role than Kelly would be. You know, Josh Kelly, uh, we uh, we really like him. You know, we think that he is a, a really solid style running back. But these are his college stats, right? He played two years at UCLA, 225 rushing attempts, 1,200 yards, 229 rushing attempts, uh, just over, right over 1,000 yards. But he only he had 38 receptions, 11 receptions his final season, you know, to give you an idea of like how that fit in Dominator rating in 2018 at UCLA. Uh, those 11 receptions were sixth on his team. So is Josh Kelly like a great pass catcher? I, I think probably not. And as a result of that, I, I would definitely rather bid this week on Justin Jackson than I would on Dearness Johnson. And I think that's probably a little bit of a controversial take. So I, I think that in terms of bid dollars, I would go... 30 to 35% on Justin Jackson, depending on how likely I was to start him over the next two weeks. Like if you're going to be starting Justin Jackson week five against the New Orleans Saints, you can go pretty heavy on him, uh, especially because this Eckler injury, they said about four to six weeks, but hamstring injuries, like it, it didn't look good for Eckler, uh, in my opinion. Like it just, it seemed like something where maybe he doesn't come back. Getting to Dearness Johnson, First off, as it pertains to him, I'm not even for sure he is the handcuff to Nick Chubb. We saw Dontrell Hilliard play ahead of Johnson last season, scored two touchdowns, was targeted 15 times. And even in this game where Johnson had a fantastic game, had the 95 yards, had the touchdown, uh, Dontrell Hilliard still played 21% of the snaps. Dearness Johnson, I mean, guys, the go, go, just do yourself a favor. Go look at his combine stuff on Player Profiler. Undrafted free agent with 4.86 40 times speed. Um, like some of the worst measurables I have ever seen from a running back. I mean, it, it, this guy looks like Jack Doyle, but, uh, you know, basically at running back. So I, I think he's a fine bid. I actually think if, if I had to choose between Johnson at, you know, 30%, uh, you know, I think probably in some FFPC main events and leagues like that, I think he might go for more. Uh, but if you had to choose between Dearness Johnson at what I expect him to cost and what I expect Dontrell Hilliard to cost. And Hilliard, you know, he might cost $1 on your waiver wire. I would much rather have Hilliard. To give you guys an idea, Dearness Johnson never had 1,000 yards rushing in college. In fact, uh, he over he played for four seasons, attempted 421 rushes, had just under 1,800 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns. He had 72 receptions, but granted, you know, that was over... Uh, you know, that was over four different seasons. And then in his final year at South Florida, he had uh, he split the backfield with a guy named Darius Tice, who I assume is not in the NFL because I've never heard of him. And then his 11 receptions were sixth on the team. And uh, he actually, yeah, I mean, just just basically my opinion of Dearness Johnson is he's like not uh, he's not really a breakout style candidate is sort of what I am getting at with him. Uh, and our last kind of top tier guy is Scotty Miller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On Tuesday, Mike Evans not practicing, Chris Godwin not practicing. And I mean, far and away, the most interesting thing about Miller is he is actually the deep threat in this offense. He's played only 34 uh, slot snaps through four games, 120 snaps out wide, 
OJ Howard is out for the season with a ruptured Achilles. Chris Godwin is not going to play this Thursday with his hamstring injury. Uh, basically going to expect Miller. I expect Miller to be a starting player for the Buccaneers for the rest of the year. You know, I think that he will play about 75% of the Buccaneers remaining snaps while he is healthy. He's an obvious beneficiary of Godwin being injured. I think he's an obvious beneficiary of OJ Howard being injured. Uh, and his average depth of target in this offense is 16 and a half. Mike Evans is 10.4 and Godwin's is 8.8. Miller in college, his final season at Bowling Green State, uh, he played in 11 games. He had nine receiving touchdowns, 23 receiving touchdowns on 215 college receptions. And uh, that final season at Bowling Green, he had 71 receptions and 1,200 receiving yards. No one else on the team had more than 42 receptions. No one else on the team had more than 516 receiving yards. So he was really a uh, big dominator rating guy. So I, I, I've officially gone from like it's funny to make you know jokes about Scotty Miller like being the new Julian Edelman or whatever, but like he is legit. I think that he is probably like when he is starting and if what I project is true about him I think he's kind of close to like a top 40 fantasy wide receiver and in leagues where you can start up to four or five wide receivers I think that makes him a pretty clear add uh so those were the the top tier of guys you know I expect those to be guys who you're gonna have to spend real waiver wire money to get this week and then obviously you know if Robert Tanyan is out there in your league I mean I I really think that with Alan Lazard out with Devontae Adams banged up, MVS. I mean, he really just is not very good. Uh, I think that I think that he like you can you can pretty much back the truck up for Robert Tanyan. All right, moving to the borderline starters. You know, guys who probably aren't going to be probably are not breakouts, but probably you can't start right now. But are, are decent ads. We have Traquan Smith who has now moved to the outside in this offense, and I think that's pretty solid for him. His three games, no Michael Thomas, seven targets, 86 yards, zero touchdowns, six targets, 42 yards, zero touchdowns, four targets, 54 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's basically kind of what we expected from Traquan Smith when he was coming out of UCF. He is, you know, just a kind of prototypical size and speed guy. 6'2", 210, ran a 4.49. His best player profiler comp is Kenny Britt. I, I, so one of the reasons why I really like adding guys like Traquan Smith is like, Zach Pascal is not going to break out, right? We can add Zach Pascal. He's not going to break out. Zach Pascal is not going to score 16 fantasy points a game under any circumstance. But Traquan if something, you know, again happened to, to Mike Thomas, if Jared Cook's injury lasts longer, if Alvin Kamara gets dinged up, like there is certainly a chance that Traquan legit breaks out because he's a lot better than Emmanuel Sanders. That really, I guess, kind of the biggest issue facing him is obviously Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are going to get their touches no matter what. Uh, and he's got to compete with Taysom Hill and Josh Hill and Jared Cook and like all this stupid stuff that the Saints do. But then also... Drew Brees just doesn't really look to throw down the field or anything like that right now, and that is uh, that's a legit problem. But I would if if Traquan was out there, I, I think he's worth you know five to ten percent uh, of your remaining fab at this point. Our next guy is Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn was not great in this game. Uh, you know, the one thing that he did was he scored the touchdown there in the fourth quarter, but. He played 25% of the snaps. He was targeted three times, had two receiving yards, ran the ball three times, had four rushing yards. You know, it's not like this was some true breakout performance, but Kenyon Barner got injured 
in this game. Leonard Fournette did not play in this game. LaShawn McCoy got injured in this game. So really, the Buccaneers' backfield on Thursday, it really might be just Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. Obviously, if Fournette is active, that changes things a little bit. I would expect that they would play Fournette ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. But I think the fact that Ronald Jones basically is not putting this competition away, Leonard Fournette is certainly not putting this competition away, it just leaves the backfield open for a rookie breakout from Keyshawn Vaughn. And I mean, it just like, there's not really a difference between Keyshawn Vaughn and Clyde Edwards Hilaire or, you know, whoever like running backs just don't matter. And if Vaughn is the one who proves himself to be reliable, you know, not fumbling, not dropping passes. Rojo has done both. Fournette can't stay healthy and can't really consistently gain yards. Like I actually think that Vaughn is a really nice stash this week. Uh, our next stash guy who you could certainly start in a pinch, it's going to be Gabriel Davis. I mentioned him on the show very quickly last week. I want to go a little bit more in depth uh, because I think that he probably is getting a little bit underrated right now. Um, so he played oh, the, just over his four games. He's played 49%, 36%, 74%, and 59% of the Bills snaps. He has scored twice. Now, the only game where he was really involved in the offense was the game where John Brown left and he filled in Brown's position. But this is a guy who I, again, actually think could legit break out. So he, uh, but he, you know, he's only 21, right? So he left, he was a, he was a true junior and his three seasons at UCF, um, he had 2,400 overall receiving yards, 23 receiving touchdowns, but really came on in his final season where he was the only player with more than 830 receiving yards. He was the only player with more than seven touchdowns on the team. Like he really looked like a legit breakout player for a pretty good UCF team, right? So that that definitely is uh that definitely is a big part of it. Like he played for a good team and he was very solid for a good team. Ran a 4.5440 uh is uh you know broke out at the age of 19. Like I, just everything you could kind of want from a middle round wide receiver breakout is is definitely going to fit for Gabriel Davis and I think the Bills are throwing the ball a ton and I think that we want Bills players on our fantasy football team so Gabriel Davis is kind of a guy he actually he's kind of like McCole Hardman in the sense of he doesn't have a great every down role and he's clearly behind two other pass catchers but if anything were to happen to John Brown, if anything were to happen to Diggs, um, you know, I, and actually, I think that we saw Dawson Knox being out in Week Three, impacting Gabriel Davis's playing time as well. I think that he could be a fantasy starter, so we are definitely in on Gabriel Davis. Uh, definitely a guy who I want to be picking up in a lot of my leagues. Finally, our deep league targets and our bench stashes. Definitely need to mention Olamide Zacchaeus. I mentioned him a little bit on the show last week, but. Julio Jones left Monday night's game with a hamstring injury. Calvin Ridley seemed banged up. Zacchaeus led the team in routes and in targets. He was a pretty productive college player, and he has one of the things that we really like to see from college prospects where he had rushing production as well. 79 college rushing attempts, 551 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Also uh, did some kick return duties while he was at the University of Virginia. Now, he is not a... Um, like he's not a, a crazy athlete, does not have high draft capital. Like, but 
does the kind of stuff that we like from guys in college. His best player profiler comp is Jamison Crowder. Certainly Jamison Crowder on the Atlanta Falcons is a player that I am interested in having. Uh, so he would kind of be my, this is like such an oxymoronic sentence, but he would be my top deep league stash right now, like my my favorite bench stash. But I mean, honestly, if Julio's out next week, I actually think you can start him because the Falcons just throw so much. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is like 14 team league, 16 team league, uh, you know, super deep formats, but I he is kind of the replacement. I actually think he is the backup to Diggs's position in a way. And he has like really uh, intriguing speed, right? 4-4-2. And uh, they kind of use him as a ball carrier with Zach Moss out. Uh, he has played, uh, he played 34% of the snaps for the Bills last week. Kind of interesting. Um, you know, I don't think you need to go crazy on him or anything like that. But like, I, I certainly have made worse $1 bids in my life. Jeff Smith, somehow an appealing waiver wire ad despite playing for the New York Jets. In his first game back off the short-term IR, he played 95% of the Jets' snaps, was targeted nine times, only one time less than Jamison Crowder. Uh, he ran a 4.4140 coming out of Boston College, and he broke out at a really young age, which I think is definitely going to be valuable, right? His breakout age was 19, uh, has a really solid speed score, Basically, but like he, I guess we've seen just lots of guys like Jeff Smith in the past, right? Fast guys play on the outside. They have one good target game. And you know, like, I don't think he, like, for example, Jeff Smith or Gabriel Davis, I'd probably rather have Gabriel Davis, but maybe even Jeff Smith is a better bet in the near term because of volume. Cam Brate, definitely a great tight end premium ad. Um, so Brate has actually had great stretches of being a you know viable fantasy candidate in the past. We go back and look at the uh, the very famous uh, New Orleans game uh, last season where uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were were kind of banged up. Brate had 14 targets where Evans had eight, Godwin had six. Like that's just kind of an example of some of the stuff that we see from Brate in the past. So with OJ Howard out, I basically I, I sort of expect that Brate is going to be like a real part of this offense. I expect him to play uh, a lot of snaps. I, th I think that uh, that's just, that's just something that is pretty likely to happen. And, you know, with, with last week uh, he played 21% of the snaps was only targeted once, but did catch a touchdown. I, I think he is a guy worth adding in tight end premium formats. Then our $1 running back guys, I mentioned Jordan Wilkins last week. I think he is probably an even better target this week as he played 21% of the snaps for the Colts again, but basically is kind of splitting the early down work with Jonathan Taylor. I, I think that Wilkins is basically just playing Marlon Mack's role. He's had exactly nine carries in each of the three games that Mack has not played in. That seems pretty Marlon Mackey to me, and Jonathan Taylor's not fully won this backfield over yet, so Wilkins, definitely a guy to uh, to add there. And then, you know, our other $1 churn candidates at the running back position, we have guys like um, Reggie Bonifant, we have guys like Tyler Irvin, Guys like, uh, you know, Daryl Williams has been dropped, uh, another guy like that. But that is our waiver wire report for week five. Uh, hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful. And, uh, you know, let's go and win, guys. Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. 
Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.